That's for Jørgensen. On for Eriksson. Christian Eriksson. Oh my goodness me, what a goal that was. Two goals in three minutes and this tie has been turned on its head. They were just better. They were just better. Um, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just devastated. You know what? Hello and welcome to Action Replay Extra Time. I'm Gavin Quinn. I'm joined by Luke Redmond and Alex Dunn as we look back on a sad, sad night for Ireland as they fell to a five-one defeat against Denmark, thus not qualifying for the World Cup. So um, I suppose to go right into it, lads. The game went well for the first half an hour. The game went well for the first six minutes, in fairness. Um, because immediately after we scored, we were put under the cosh by um, Denmark and Darren Randolph did well to save two very good chances that they had with Kvist with one and Sisto with the other. Um, the moment we scored, we fell off. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, but then again, you could say that, but we nearly had a chance to put ourselves two nil up at one stage. Three nil up as well. I mean, Mur- there was Murphy and McLean had great chances. And look, we don't know how well we were playing because when we scored after six minutes, it became typical Ireland. Oh no, we're one nil up. What do we do yeah. now? Uh, and from then on in, Ericsson and Sisto were just they just tore us to shreds, and you know it, it went downhill from there. But when Shane Duffy rose like a salmon. As he's not at that one in as as he does so often there was elation and really we could have and probably should have kicked on from there yeah um, there was an element of luck involved in the goal I think the Danish defence probably should have got rid of it with the initial clearance I don't feel um, as though Kasper Schmuggel could have done anything about it because I reckon he understood that that was supposed to be a clear ball he got caught down in no man's land on his line had to come out Duffy did his job he did it well he put it away and there was an opportunity there really to go at them the McLean chance some of the best football I've actually seen Ireland play in a long time those six passes back to front so quick in transition and you know there are players in the side that have the ability to be able to do that it's not really showcased enough um, and that's kind of disheartening but you know there was there was optimism after that first goal went in it became, as you said, typical Ireland. It's almost like, you know, it's Groundhog Day, isn't it? We've seen this time and time again where we're afraid to be in the lead in a game, but we don't have the mental capacity to come back in a game. So how exactly do we win games? <laughs> you know, it's, We wait uh, until the last moment before scoring is it. pretty much what served us best. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's a weird kind of psychological uh, foible that we have uh, ingrained into us no matter who's in the side. There was definitely a chance to come back into that game, even when they went two and up, though. And that's what really annoyed me was that Martin O'Neill got it all wrong so quickly. I mean, two goals that could have been avoided, particularly the first one. Yeah. yeah ball comes, you know, Sisto beats Arthur on the edge of the area, and I think that's actually why Harry, Harry Arthur was was pulled from the match because of that moment. I feel like, and well, and the Arthur second was still one of the best Irish players in that first half and that, but that was what surprised me so much when Martin O'Neill um, decided to take him off at half time but there was it, there was there was scope for a tactical change to make us more attacking not to basically turn us turn it into you know <laughs> a 
never mind three 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 one. It became one 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 eight or something. <laughs> I think it was like two two six at one point. Um, yeah, and the thing is, is that they pulled Harry Arthur, who over one hundred thirty five minutes, barring maybe two moments across both legs, had patrolled and policed Christian Eriksen to the point that we did our job successfully of limiting his influence on the game other than the second goal but uh, I don't think he was at fault for the second goal it was a wonderful counter-attacking move and if you're going was, to yeah. blame anybody in an Irish shirt you'd blame Stephen War for giving the ball away initially but I would rather have that goal focused on an excellent Denmark break and play with uh, Jorgensen yeah. Poulsen and um, was it Pul- yeah it was Poulsen yes, down the uh, right and um, eventually over to Ericsson and that's a thunderbolt of a shot that no goalkeeper in the world is saving but the withdrawal of both holding midfielders at half time was an absolutely mind boggling decision yeah um, if you, terrible I, I understand that most people in the country probably would have made uh, Wes Hulahan for David Myler and I don't disagree with that decision at all I think Myler was largely ineffective in the first mm. half no moments Definitely. of no. Yeah, well, um, once they once they have the lead and the initiative in the tie, David Marler see, uh, ceases to serve a role because his role is to mop things up. Yeah, you know, mm. keep us in the game. We were already down. You know, we needed a goal. It that made sense, but what didn't make sense was the second change and one Aiden McGeady of all players to call on. Mm. I mean, there were options. I mean, O'Dowd was featured in the first leg. Connor Horahan. Connor Horahan is is another good option. He could have even played two up front and maybe gone, you know, with that, with Shane Long. But he decides to bring on, on a man who, since 2014, has done little to nothing in an Irish shirt, little to nothing for any of the clubs he's featured for. Yeah. Uh, and that, that that was the first mind-boggling thing, was that he was bringing on Aidan McGeady. But then the second mind-boggling thing was that he was taking off our policeman of the midfield, Harry Arthur. It made no sense on our, so many levels. Our best but, player in the transition as well. And without Arthur there in the middle to pick up the ball and play a quick distribution pass out to the wing, which is something that seems so small, but like as a ta- as a tactical weapon, it's so 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 effective if you do it right and you can set us off really quickly, just like that McLean chance. We can build chances on the counter like that with players like Arthur to feed that ball out. Myler can't do it. He hasn't got the peripheral vision. He hasn't got the passing ability. Like you said, if we're not defending a lead. David Moyle's role in his side ceased to exist and we probably shouldn't have played him from the beginning if we were looking to get a goal but ultimately what we then lacked is that ability to transition from defence into attack and our best player for that was ripped off the pitch and we brought on a man in Aidan McGeady I wouldn't be as critical as you and I would say he did good things with Preston last season but a man who's been incredibly found out over so many times in an Ireland jersey for the same kind of two skill moves and sure, trying to uh, and 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 limiting our play wide uh, out wide because he's drifting in, he's drifting in, he's drifting in. He's kind of given this weird sort of free roll where he's a right winger nominally, but he never really goes there. He can kind of go wherever he wants. Yeah. I don't know if that's tactical naivety on his part or what, because it certainly should have been him on Pioni Sisto for the fourth goal. I know that when you've got three when Denmark are playing three four three, your right winger in a midfield four is supposed to be covering the left wing back. And Peony Sisto had as much space. He had the freedom of Dublin City. Bob Geldof handed it to him. <laughs> Bob Geldof handed it to him. And Aidan McGeady was supposed to be there to stop it. And he didn't. And that's where that fourth goal came from. I don't blame Stephen Ward's botched clearance. At the end of the day, Stephen Ward and Cyrus Christie ended up playing as, 
or two uh, centre backs. Half, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like that. That's another one we get to. But what, what? Where I actually was from the start, where it went wrong for me, was when Aga Harida decided to throw a curveball at all of us and play Christiansen uh, and play a back three play with Karen yeah. yeah. We were not ready for that. I don't think anybody was ready for that. Who would have suspected that? I don't think Martin O'Neill did. I certainly didn't. Now you could argue, you know, that's just naivety on our part, but. I mean, if any of you here expected it, feel free to say it, but I didn't. And no, when that when that happened, all, I was worried because that mean that meant they had four in the midfield, yeah. and then we set up in a diamond, and their two central midfielders, Ericsson had freedom of the pitch, and then Pioni Sisto was lethal on the left, coming in on the right, and the two of them were. I'll, I'll probably end up saying this about ten times. They they ripped us apart because particularly in the second half because we had nobody to, to track them and that's why we conceded five goals because we've let one of the most creative players in the world let's not lie in Christian Eriksen and yeah. a very talented winger in Pioni Sisto have like you said the freedom of Dublin City to run around and do what they wanted and it was like Ireland just didn't care and it felt really felt like Martin O'Neill didn't care when he took off Kieran Clark and put on Shane Long that just seemed ludicrous in my opinion the, the, the idea that to bring those players off it we talk a lot about hope when it comes excuse me when it comes to Ireland and we talk a lot about moments of inspiration providing us with our goal chances and we talk a lot about whether or not it's hope or it's luck in essence the first goal was a lucky goal because it should have been a Denmark clearance Kasper Schmeichel wasn't ready for Shane Duffy was in the right place at the right time so initially on the front foot we're all celebrating and we were in um, the pub Gavinoy we were watching it together and it was yeah. it was a fantastic atmosphere but nobody could actually sit down and like you know look at that goal and think Jesus what, like, what did we actually do like it was one long ball that wasn't cleared it's a Denmark mistake there was no, was there was no part of a good play the only good play that we had in the first half was that the, the chance that led to, me, to McLean's shot and then in the second half you're piling on creative players in Houlihan and McGeady are so we're led to believe <laughs> and you're piling on an extra striker in long and it's like well what are you what's what's your method there was no direction what's your just what's desperate. your direction what is your idea for bringing on these players how are you going to turn defence into attack and how are you going to create chances unless you think oh I'm going to feed the ball to Wes and he'll do something it was the international football equivalent of Tony Fernandez buying a load of random players for QPR and hoping <laughs> that they might gel together. Like he just, it was like a splurge of attacking players. But there was like, where were they playing? There was what no were they structure doing? whatsoever. It was just horrible to watch. Like, sure, I came in, and I missed the start of the second half, and I came in, and I was like, is that Aidan McGeady? It's like, oh, bollocks. And <laughs> fun, funny enough, the thing is, is that I um I was talking to a lad from Waterford. We were on the in the queue for the bathroom at halftime. And I, I called Houlihan and McGeady coming on, but who I called going off was Myler and uh, Robbie Brady. So that sounds about right, but I don't think Robbie Brady should have been taken off. I don't. I think if no, if you're Jeff, gonna Hen- Jeff Hendrick was non-existent. That game. Sure, the whole team was non-existent other than Shane Duffy and Darren Randolph. At the end of the day, at, at the end of the day, yeah, you, you could say, "Oh, Jeff Hendrick did nothing." What did Robbie Brady do? What did James McLean do other than get on the end of a, admittedly our, our one good pass and move? What did Cyrus Christie do other than unfortunately fumble it into his own net? Not much. Well, I'd, I'd actually be less critical of 
besides Chris no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not being critical. I'm just saying there's no point in singling out one player mm. over another when you can only say that the only performances above a six out of ten that pitch in a green jersey were of Duffy and of Randolph, who was yeah. quite simply the only redeeming point about Ireland's play, and that's a lot to say when you've conceded five goals in a game. I do think mm. in Duffy and Randolph we have two quality players, but when only like th- th- I said it on the podcast last week before we before Saturday's game mm. that we had a really good midfield, but they didn't show up. A striker Murphy, how can, how can he play when the midfield in front of him doesn't show up? You can't leave, you can't leave Murphy isolated in there. Like, no, he's Shane doing Long is your best bet if you're going to isolate a striker. Which is why I wanted Shane Long to start because I knew that would happen. And then another point I'd make is, and another problem I, I, I two players that are very people don't talk about a lot, Fist and Delaney, two more men that you know were were were, were pretty free to do whatever they wanted. Yeah, it's essentially, yeah. Well, sure. Look, they overran. I wouldn't even, actually to be honest with you. I wouldn't even say they overran Mother and Arthur because Mother and Arthur retreated so far back to such a point that um, they weren't really in the face of Kavis and Delaney but what was interesting for me from an Ireland perspective was that if we're trying to establish like this nine man uh, low block in front of our own 18 yard box essentially for a team that that seems at least to be the default defensive strategy our midfield gets so stretched there are people breaking the line the whole time to go after the ball and like I, I would be fine with it if it looked as though we had a like a, a flat line of five or a three and a two and we were moving mm. sweeping across in formation but it's just okay sometimes Jeff Hendricks going to run to it okay sometimes um, Harry Hart's going to run to it try and defend but then somebody's not dropping back in what's do the players around each other know what they're supposed to be doing is a coherent defensive strategy we can go on about the coherence of Ireland's attacking strategy or, or lack thereof but is there a coherent defensive strategy in the game other than let's pile everyone back and I don't mean to rag on and on and on and on and on about the finer tactical points of the game I understand that um, we're not Manchester City or anything like that but you know Northern Ireland have a very well established and generally foolproof game plan that they go into a game with if it, if it works fantastic if it doesn't work at least they try it and nobody gives them the guff for it because at least they can see that there's 11 players out there who won't are playing for the short and two know what they're doing and I wouldn't accuse any Ireland player of not playing for the short I know that you might want to jump on that bandwagon I, I personally wouldn't but no. sometimes mm. do they know what they do and are they playing for the man in charge and, like we, we've, we've done we did reasonably well to qualify from the Euros although we did get lucky because we only got in because the expanded tournament, tournament format um, we did again at the end of the day we were the fourth seed team in this group so it is a good achievement for us to be in the position that we're in however a point that was raised with me is Ireland are in a similar position now to the dying days of David Moyes' Everton where you're finishing 6th and 7th in the league and people are calling it a success but with the players that they had under different guidance could they have gone further with the quality that's in the side is the reason that this Ireland team is performing sort of maybe to expectation for lack of better phrasing um, 
because of an inept system and coaching methodology that's being supported essentially by a more talented group of players than we've had since I don't know 2002 for example and that just brings up the question lads in fairness you're you're saying it but you aren't Martin O'Neill yeah um, Ian said on the last podcast that he wanted O'Neill gone um, and now after that, I, I'm not going to say that that one performance changed my opinion but I was very much I was on the brink with him and I felt like there were definitely better options out there after some of the tactical decisions he made and the fact that we're not in next year's World Cup and it's yeah. it's it, it feels like the the end of an era. It feels like the moment is right for O'Neill to, to go. It is an end of an era actually when you look at some of the team. It's it's not a young team at all. Apart from a few players, you have easily five players who are very likely to retire in we're, the next month or two. We were saying this earlier on. Was it the last campaign for John O'Shea? Was it the last campaign for Glenn Whelan? Was it the last campaign for Johnny Walters? Um, Dan Murphy won't go much further. Yeah, um, Dan Murphy's thirty. That's four players. Um, uh, R- Richard Kyo won't go much further. Aidan McGeady. It's probably the last campaign. Surely, for him. Aiden McGeady's Surely, last I mean, yeah. <laughs> how long? Can, how long <laughs> can them not. step over legs carry him? And oh, in fairness, how, how, like, how long can his two moves keep going? <laughs> I, know, I know we joke about O'Shea a bit. In fairness, but like he has had a great career for Ireland, and it's not the way you want to see the likes of O'Shea go out. Even Glenn Whelan. Glenn Whelan has eighty-three caps now. Same with, same with well I mean look. so many so many big players there to have loads yeah, of they're great they're great servants to Ireland Jonathan like, Walters is still our best striker <laughs> do you know yeah, what I mean but he, he went 34 in September you I know, know it's a, yeah it's, it, you it, can't it, ask him for another campaign he like, struggles with injuries um, now if Jonathan Walters wants to stay on I'll start him at number 9 in the build up to Euro 2020 no problem but yeah. like um, Luke was saying it sure does feel like the end of an era and is Martin O'Neill the man to usher in a new era I don't think so I don't think so you know, um, like last night has changed the opinion of me or sorry the, my opinion of Martin O'Neill I think I always kind of had it but I hid behind the results we've got in the past and kind of just didn't want to see what the truth was which the likes of Ian Brennan did see I think the way it goes is you know it's kind of like when you're say you've been in a marriage for four years and you look back and you have it's it's kind of um you know it's it's an epidemic maybe in in today's sort of society that when you look at from the outside in on any interpersonal relationship from social media for example and you see that oh this couple are like they're having all these happy times or whatever and some of them that's true and for some of them you go behind the scenes and it's a completely different world Ireland have had a fantastic number of moments since Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane took over the job four years ago but that does not mean that all the football played in them has been justifying of those moments mm, and it doesn't mean that that's moments too. Those, those moments are not a reflection on the yeah. overall overarching opinion on how people see O'Neill's time as Ireland manager and while we can look back on those moments with pride I think we'll be looking back on those moments with pride in the individuals who created them Robbie Brady James McLean Jonathan Walters John O'Shea Shane Long Darren Randolph and not the coaching staff not O'Neill not Keane not anyone else if you look at all them individual moments in what like in what way was this like O'Neill's master plan they're all just moments of brilliance from these individuals or from the two or three combinations involved or whatever Mm. so you can't you can't say that like martin o'neill can be thanked for this because he has like 
he can be thanked for keeping it nil all in most of our away games mm. I, I think a lot of the actual defensive elements ha- uh, have to be accredited to Roy Keane and how he keeps the That's likes fair, of David yeah. Myler Arthur Whelan how he had them strictly disciplined in that mm. midfield to keep keep teams quiet I think we I don't think there's anything special about our defensive organisation and there's definitely nothing special about our offensive organisation and that's why we score so few goals we can thank we can thank Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane for bringing Shane Duffy's Ireland career to the forefront realistically he did give Duffy his chance yes yeah um, now Duffy was hampered by his injury but yeah. I think I don't want to say it was inevitability that Shane Duffy would come into the side because he there was questions on whether or not he would reach his full potential. Thankfully, he has, and he has been a great servant to Ireland over the past couple of years since he's established himself as this, he's our number one centre half now. There's, there's no Ever other way of looking at that. Um, uh, yeah, and like there have been players who have come on in the time that they've been in charge. Stephen Ward is a massive one. Yeah. Shane Duffy's a massive one. But um, have they come on because of their development in an international jersey or have they come on because of the development at club level like the only person I can say who I've seen get actively better in the Ireland jersey um, who didn't do it before O'Neill and Keane came in and doesn't do it consistently for his club and to be honest with you it's been about a season since he's done it but I would say Jeff Hendrick but it's like it's been about a season since he's done it for Ireland you know yeah, has. since he's been that man that Walters that um, McLean yeah. Ireland they don't have a player like a Christian Eriksen a Gareth Bale a, a Cristiano Ronaldo a, a world class player a Portugal it's maybe a bad example but a world class player and a standout yeah. of a you just call upon in a time of need yeah and I think that's yeah. what that's why we cling on to Wes like Wes Hulahan in particular so much because we see him as this kind of player even though he really I don't think he is well even when he came on I mean he tried <laughs> yeah like he, he's a great like he's be- he's better than most of the midfield players in terms of in terms of with the, bo- with the ball anyway. in terms yeah. of being able to make some make some moves make some passes you know play mm. football essentially but the main point being Martin O'Neill has been very very lucky and tonight to, today could have been we could have been talking about a very different story it had, could have ended had, 1-0 had Duffy's header gone in with that lucky I think it was Jorgensen not, flicked it on and Duffy knocks it in we would have been saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to the Euros." McLean, McLean's chance goes in. Yeah, but yeah. now and now what we're talking about is that a man who has been lucky with the Brady moments, with the John Walters moments, with all of the, mm. with the Jeff Hendrick moments, with the, the Wes McLean moments, with the Wes Hulahan moments, the McLean yeah. moments, individual moments of luck, brilliance, whatever you want to call them. You know, today, last night, Martin O'Neill's luck finally ran out and it was you know you pl- it's like going to a casino you can play slots for 40 minutes and be on a winning streak but eventually yeah. the, the the casino always wins and that was <laughs> Martin O'Neill was just betting on players and eventually they didn't that's show that's a great up. way to put it really actually I, I like that but um, I think this was needed ironically it kind of was I didn't need it <laughs> well I, I, did, I didn't I didn't, I didn't, I didn't need, need it. it yesterday but um, I was crouching down on the ramp holding back the um the the waterworks at he the actually sheer, was I actually was yeah, yeah. um I, I I don't mean to come across as some someone who's quite over emotional but you know I guess I am so like that was one thing about actually, it was difficult sorry one thing at least Alex stayed to show his emotions we have a bone to pick with the people who left well I think no uh, after sixty seven minutes pers- well not a bone to pick but you know I got a bone to pick no um. <laughs> I just think you know if you're going to pay good money, and a lot of people paid 
way, way, way over what they should be for the quality of football that was on no. show. Uh, in the green jerseys anyway. The, 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 red and white, <laughs> the red and white ones, maybe you got your money's worth. But, I know, um, Chris, Chris Cannon, uh, Chris Cannon, who's on actual replay often, he, um, he thought he had a ticket sorted. But it turns out the fella he was getting it off sold it to someone for three hundred and seventy-five euro. That's amazing. There you um, go. And they went. That's and incredible. They, and and they if, they, if they left after seventy minutes, then do you get your money's worth? Um, look, just I, I, I would never ever try to criticize um individual fans like you know. Oh yeah, I know. I personally wouldn't like. ever leave a game early, whether it's for yeah. St Patrick's Leg or for Ireland or for um the local GA club, James Gales. Then yeah. now if it's a, a basketball game in the Oblo Hall you know do you think it's a little bit of a statement on the fans behalf saying look we we don't want O'Neill yeah they vote with their feet you know, you know it's, like, um, vote with their po- they vote with their wallets you know friendlies mm. who's going to want to show up and continue to watch Ireland play well, when football Ireland, that like I said last time Sean Dyke and Sam Allardyce might cringe at you know what I mean it's, yeah. I sure we'll just play our friendlies in Craven Cottage it's grand <laughs> We'll go to we'll play we'll invite Oman to um to Kensington again. It's we'll have it sorted. Yeah, it's no problem. No problem. That we won't have to worry about fans coming in because you know a lot of London lads will just look. Oh, there's a football match on. We'll have a look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Should I probably recognise half the team? Hardy Hardy yeah. Hardy just be made for most of them. Callum O'Dowda as well. Don't forget. But um, um, I suppose now the future. What you look at? Ireland don't play another competitive game until September of next year. Yep. We've got a summer of friendlies ahead of us. We've got a a poten- potentially a tournament in America. Potentially a tournament <laughs> in America because the Americans don't want to miss out on the fun. They want to have their own tournament. The old US Cup. And it's we will, it's we it's will it's play. See, do you know that scene in Futurama where, uh, I think it's in the first episode of Futurama, no, second episode of Futurama where Bender gets kicked off the thing. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to have my own theme park with blackjack and hookers. And I'm like, that is... That is, that is the most American, yeah. That's um, Bruce Arena just like, <laughs> right, you don't want me at your World Cup? I'm going to have my own World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> With Holland and Chile. I'm like, oh, well, you know. What if, that was, what if that was a better tournament? And like, all it, could potentially, team, right? it could potentially be. It's a shame it doesn't mean it, though, isn't it? Oh, it means nothing. And FIFA probably will not let it happen, even if it is uh, I vaguely it, true. It, in fairness, if, it, if they schedule it just as they advertise it as a series of friendlies like the International yeah. Champions Cup or whatever yeah. just don't have it on at the same time as the World Cup and I'm it's, sure it'd be Champ- similar champions to the, of failing to qualify I'd it'd be like. similar to Ireland's next competitive match in the Euro Nations League which is that kicks off in September now mm-hmm. it's a replacement for friendlies the Euro Nations League I think personally is a good idea for smaller nations to give them yeah. more chances to qualify so we might have and a chance to qualify <laughs> <laughs> I think now um, qualifying for the Euros shouldn't even be something that's celebrated anymore considering yeah. almost half the teams who attempt to qualify do if, if you don't qualify it's more of a shame thing than if, if you mm. do and you celebrate it's more relief <sighs> We're not, we don't have but, to be um, embarrassed no all jokes aside lads we have a year now well 10 months what changes do we make if so, but in a hypothetical situation that Martin O'Neill takes up, stays on and in a different situation where someone else comes in a couple of players whether or not they're retiring or not must yeah. vacate the squad to make room for younger players and where Aiden are these McGeady's younger players going to come from Aidan McGeady's one John O'Shea's another that just come off the top yeah. of my head where it's like okay fantastic service for Ireland in the past well McGeady when he's playing Jordan you're never like, going to play but, again um, yeah. that's th- thanks I, 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 for all the inside step overs and all the spins but you know, it's time Aiden 
it's yeah. time it's time for John as well big match John he can pass the tag on to Walters if Walters sticks around um, you know it, it's not all doom and gloom our, we'll take our, it from our the point that O'Neill stays on because we don't know our under 21 sides are despite the fact they lost to Norway last night are still doing reasonably well in their qualification for the yep. Euros our under 17 side are true to the elite round in their qualification for their European Championships mm. we have players beginning to come through at club level they're they're not as regular as they used to be but I think we're used to that in terms of the development over in England yep. um, Declan Rice at West Ham Liam Kelly at Reading and Callum mm. O'Dowd who's already been in the squad of course are three that stick out will we see Daryl Horgan and no. Shawnee Maguire Shawnee Maguire obviously yes. Shawnee Maguire Shawnee Maguire yes Daryl Horgan no right da- I think Shawnee Maguire and I don't mean this I like no, people, people might consider this going to be a, like a biased League of Ireland fan but I think realistically um, an injection of pace youth stamina mm. ball playing ability and but we have to take this for the fact that O'Neill is staying on and it's still yeah. going to be a very defensive approach you even see with his interview last night he still couldn't accept his own yeah. his own tactical failings in the interview with he's very stubborn and he gives Tony an awful time when I, he's well, interviewing him it's actually it's actually nearly ignorance from Mark yeah, O'Neill that he can't you know it, Tony O'Donnell who's not asking him questions to be awkward he's asking him questions to get the answers that everybody wants to know why are we playing this brand of football why why is it that Denmark a nation of you know their population isn't wildly bigger than Ireland they're uh, they're no more keenly interested in football than we are why is it that they can come to the Aviva Win five one, qualify for the World Cup, and make it look easy. I mean, other and you than can't say just because they have Christian Eriksen, because that's that's not enough to justify a five one victory. Gareth Bale couldn't bring Wales to there the you World go. Cup, so why is it that Christian Eriksen can bring Denmark to the World Cup? It's interesting. I saw an exchange between um, a, it was actually Gareth Penrose, who's the founder of Extrain.ie, and a, um, it was a London based um, professor. Um, whose name escapes me but he was half Irish and half Danish and the simple fact of the matter is the difference that he put between the two sides is they're two countries that are absolutely obsessed with Premier League football outside of their own domestic league yeah. but the fact that it's that the domestic league is taken a little bit more seriously in Denmark than it is over other leagues and our domestic league is not taken seriously at all but Denmark okay their, their league is second to the Premier League but it's still taken seriously the governing body um, still put as much money and resources into it as they do um, take out of it if you, if you want to make that accusation yeah. um, their clubs have strong development plans strong youth academies mm-hmm. they haven't good got European they had, representation. Good European and European representation, representation yeah, to the point that you've got a club in FC Copenhagen who, okay, yeah, they're a relatively new club on the Danish scene, but they're a club that, you know, with the right backers and with the right support from the DFA and from their own fans have been able to establish themselves as a regular enough contender in European in competition. Europe, yeah. In, and in the Premier in the premier of uh, European competition and Champions had, League. They've so. had yeah, success stories through Bromby and Norgeland and Midtjylland as well and yep. Alborg and you know, like the fact that you can name half the Danish league off the top of your head, um, and a Dane you, 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 be shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to name that. You know what I mean? But like the Danish, the, the, they wouldn't be able to name any of our clubs, for example. No, yeah. and th- it, there's nothing to say that we can't support a fully 
matured for lack of better phrasing professional league in Ireland because at the end of the day you look at countries and I know the argument is always made that our focus is on other sports but look look at um, take Scotland for example there's we've got more people living here than there is in Scotland and Scotland have rugby to, to compete just as much as we do and Scotland also have uh, their own native sports to compete just maybe not to the same level as GAA but just, you know, just yeah, as much as we do similar and, level. And, and in fairness to the GAA a lot of people who support GAA are also going out to like their local football matches as well. Not not to the same extent for Ireland, and I, I will admit that um, when it comes around to the Aviva, it's always full and you're like, ah, oh, where did all these fans come from? But, you know, people who are involved in local sport are generally involved in local sport across the spectrum. So, yeah, 100%. It's the fact that it's just... The organisation is completely fraught with issues from top to bottom. Does it all of a sudden end when you replace the the manager of the national team but what about one manager who represents the league of ireland and you brought him up Stephen kenny i mean would that be a symbolic yeah. not only a, a a change in the way we play but a change in change in how, thinking. how, how it, the fai think yes yeah, so that, like, could that be symbolic enough to maybe change everything i hope so but i don't know the thing is that i've made the point about Stephen Kenny in conversation and there's been a lot of people who have just immediately dismissed going ah what's he done outside of Dundalk I'm like oh right he went over to um, Dunfermline and got them promoted to the SPL now admittedly he didn't get them much further but nobody else has gotten them much further since and that yeah. was 10 years ago um, and he's done very very good things obviously in our leagues and with Bows and with Dundalk He's gone to talk to Europe, Europa League group stages. And they didn't, almost they didn't, in the they they didn't make any fools of themselves whatsoever. No, they didn't. They well. nearly beat Zenit in two occasions. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, like, first, the public perception of Irish domestic football could be drastically altered by the appointment of a League of Ireland man in Kenny mm. as their national team manager. And if, if you want to go the whole hog, have Harry Kenny from who recently left Bray Wanderers take up a role at the FAI as, as his assistant manager. But um, um, And, you know, let's let's just go all in on it. But how are you going to convince the higher-ups who make the decisions when they have the same public perception, a public perception that they, more than anyone else, have helped to create about Irish football they have, yeah. because of the lack of support shown to the individual clubs um, within the Irish footballing system and it's just a roundabout cycle of not helping and making the problem worse making the problem worse in the, in the perception of the public then making the problem worse in the perception of the FAI which it all comes back to them but think of another any country across Europe it's very hard to think of one that doesn't have a club that has done it been there and gone far in European football there's, there's essentially no countries in Europe Bar a couple others. Well, well, no, like, uh, well. Uh, to, to clarify, no countries in Europe whose national teams regularly qualify. Exactly. Because we're not going to say like, oh, uh, you know, those Macedonians are always getting to the Champions League. No, we're, ta- we're talking. Well, but, but no, but, no, but I, I understand your point. You know, yeah. Slovenia have uh, Maribor. Um, Slovakia have um, ah, there is a there's a Slovan Bratislava there knocking about um, Bulgaria Stoy, even Romania have Stoy Stoy Bucharest. Ludogorets from Bulgaria. Ludogorets, yeah. Um, um, who else is there? Well, I mean, Cyprus have Apoel, Apoel, and you know the list goes on and on and on. Shakhtar Donetsk, like, and these are not big countries, and these are not countries that are as developed as Ireland in terms of a nation. They're not as wealthy as Ireland. No, they they're not. They don't have as much of a football pedigree at a national level yeah. as Ireland. Supposedly. So there's no excuses for us not supporting our own national league. The Irish national league should be bigger, should be much bigger, and it should have been much bigger years ago. 
in my opinion anyway I mean especially when we've got clubs who are qualifying Europe I thought Dundalk yeah. would finally be the, the watershed moment where everybody started to take League of Ireland football seriously again and even if it's a case where I remember that when we were talking about the injection of cash that Dundalk would get from they're doing so and so in Europe if we predicted yeah. that they would go far or whatever and a lot of people um, well I admittedly I said in a group of Pats fans but a lot of people who turned around to me was like well is that good for a competitiveness of our league and I'm like well if I'm looking at this from a national perspective I don't mind Dundalk and Cork City being our two dominating clubs for the rest of the time as long as it helps people alter their perceptions of League of Ireland football yeah. if Dundalk begin to become regular Europa League qualifiers and possible Champions League contenders if Cork City go on to become regular Europa League qualifiers and do the domestic league of this country proud because you see the reaction that these smaller nations when they progress in tournaments more like the Europa League than the Champions League although we're seeing it this season with Karabag taking two points away from Atletico Madrid which is a massive yeah. achievement for them and, that's yeah, and, and Azerbaijani football will grow as a result of that it's almost like Ireland have done it backwards we've, yeah. we've grown at a national level first and left our domestic clubs behind Azerbaijan are a non-existent at a national level but now they have clubs who yeah. can play football mm. lads but I think one point is are kind of overlooking which is one of the reasons why League of Ireland hasn't done so well as well is because when you're a young player in Ireland you're coming through the youth system you want you want to play football at a high level your first thought is in League of Ireland it's across the water well, unfortunately, it's a blessing and it's also a curse that England are right beside us I don't think it's a curse because ultimately the English um, academy system has brought through a lot of Ireland's it best has, players yeah. and and well, and we have been able to take players back from that system and continue to develop them in our own league Shawnee McGuire yeah, came from West Ham and came back James McLean came from oh jeez he was over in England and came back to Derry City after leaving them when he was and there and then eventually went over to Sunderland but the thing is that now you're at a point where the Premier League has become such the, the Premier League as a if it was a shop if it's a supermarket it's a globalised supermarket and Ireland is one little shelf whereas yep. it used to be the whole thing the British Isles and like Scandinavia and France and whatever were the whole supermarket now it's the whole world and Ireland they're just one little shelf yeah. so you're going to see more players better players coming through at League of Ireland clubs where they're going to get football take the under 21s Ronan Curtis Dirty City starting up top Yeah. and Ronan Curtis right, has been able to attract um, interest in him from Ostersunds the club over in Sweden and what we're talking is success stories in smaller nations Ostersunds over in Sweden are doing fantastic things top in the Europa League group at the mm. moment Sweden of course are going to the World Cup as a defeat in Italy and I could do what, 45 minutes in Italy if you wanted me to but I won't get into that um, the thing is is that right it's going to lead to a point where there are going to be more um, better players playing in the League of Ireland in the future because they're not getting the same opportunities they used to in England but I don't think that's a bad thing it's not a bad thing but do these players want to be playing in the League of Ireland they, they want, don't they want to be playing football they're not going to move they're not going to go to the Conference North what's the point this, this, if if James Duna leaves Shamrock Rovers for Tranmere Rovers, it's a it's a ridiculous decision. What what's what are you going to learn more at Tranmere than you will at um at Rovers? You won't. You know I mean? But, but it's the a FAI investment, have, sure. Yes, the FAI have to invest in this league. They have to make it. They have to make it appealing for these players, not because these players just have to stay in League of Ireland because there's no opportunities. No, no, and and I agree with that. But you don't you don't want to be in worst case scenario. Oh, I'll just go League of Ireland. You want the players to to there's have no, a desire no, to play no in that league. In the league. There's, there's no glamour. There's not enough sponsors. There's, there's, there's not enough support in terms of fans. The, you know, the GAA poaches a lot of young talent. 
Well, they give, they give, they give as much back once they hit senior inter county level. In fairness, we give the GA or the GA is given more than they give back, and I don't mean that in a bad way. The GA, of course, they're going to want, you know, but and that's another point. The GA is an amateur organization. Yeah, and yet they have some of the most fine-tuned athletes you could find anywhere in the world playing for them. Why can't the League of Ireland, who are a, I, I know, and I know there's no alternative when it comes to GAA, but d- d- with money at hand for the FAI, and the mm. FAI is still a rich organisation. Let's not Very twist much it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it would have had a massive windfall if the result went differently there well, yesterday. But they, they still have a windfall from Euro 2016 they when do. they got through the group. There's investment there. Stop investing it in uh, elsewhere. You know. A, Get, Stop get investing it in John Delaney's wallet. Exactly. Well, put the money where where it needs to be to grow the Irish League, and then see if that has any effect at a national level. You know, yeah. there's no patriotism in Irish football. We're happy to let our good players go play abroad, um, and not see them again. And One, sorry, go. Uh, the the top scorer in the League of Ireland left in the middle of the season to go play in England. I mean, that's just. That epitomises it for me. He but left halfway through the season to go play in England when he could have won a title here. I don't understand. But the one thing about that is Shawnee Maguire. I think the cases like where you see like you're seeing Daryl Horgan go, you're seeing Shawnee Maguire go, James McLean a couple of years ago or whatever. Do you think that's almost like the best appeal for young players now to play in League of Ireland to have a platform to play and then go to England? Yes, because they only see it as a boat. That's grand. The water. I don't mind that. But you, you you, no, 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 if you want on. League of Ireland to be taken seriously, it has to it's be the got end to be game. More than a transition, it, it can't be a transition, Alex. You, there are European power football clubs built on the point of transition. Think of Monaco, Porto, Shakhtar, hell, even Celtic. Yeah, but look at the competition they have. You've got to, you've got no, to, no. Yeah, and they maintain. These are individual clubs. But my, 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 my point Monaco, is, is Monaco's that D team is better than a League of Ireland A team, so they can afford to let world. We're like we're, ne- we're never, we never have world class players going through us. So when Monaco let, let's say, let Monaco bring up a player like Kondogbia or you know something, somebody like that. I don't know. You can take any, Mbappe. you can take any multiple, um, uh, a, mi- a million players. Uh, yeah, a million. Yeah. I just that was the first one that came to my head. You know he or whatever it doesn't matter. They bring a, a player up. I don't know Terry Henry. That's a good example. Yeah. And they bring him up and then they let him go. They just go. All right. Who's the next of this of the fifteen million young French players we can choose from? Well, here's we my, don't have that. Well, here's luxury. my point. We don't have that luxury at the moment. But with the limitation of more players going over to England, we will. That's why you're seeing more and more representation from the League of Ireland because our, our, there are good young players coming back to this country or not leaving this country and that is going to increase the talent pool for the League of Ireland clubs to be able to pick from that limiting it factor that, no no hold on that limiting factor in England Roy, is going to help the development at least at a talent level of the Irish domestic game whether or not that is met by um, the governing body in terms of investment and in terms of a proper strategic plan is a different matter altogether but us developing into a selling league is absolutely fine at the end of the day to well, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a selling league yeah. but the quality of players that to, to come in after that it, is not there but they're, if they're not going over to England as much anymore then they there will be and you're seeing it more and more now you think of a team like Dundalk when we talked about last time we did the podcast last week about how Stephen Kenny is always able to regenerate a side even though he's seemingly always trading down well surely he's bringing in players of an equal if not better um, talent pool than he, than he has at his disposal at the moment and if that talent pool is available in Ireland it's only going to continue to regenerate itself yeah but you think about how slow of a process that will be a bit of investment would be the catalyst you know yeah I, I, yeah, it should be meh and I think that if you want to legitimise 
the league in people's eyes. If you, if you want to make a bold sweeping statement that makes Stephen Kenny Ireland manager tomorrow to legitimise the league in people's eyes, whether or not that, you know, what good is it for Irish football if Gary Monk becomes our manager? Other than we might get the, the, the senior team playing a better style of, of football. And I don't want to sound xenophobic when I say that, but ultimately, you know... That's a good point. It's building... It's building a skyscraper with no foundations kind it's, of thing. you build- need the foundations first before we do something and the foundations is the League of Ireland yeah simple it's, it's simply building trust and yeah. in the perception of the minds of, of people out there because in, in back in when we qualified for USA 94 and you know say I don't know the statistics off the top of my head but I reckon maybe 15% well maybe not that much but a good 10% of the Premier League is probably Irish yeah, uh, and well, another thing that stands out to me is the sheer volume of players who aren't Irish who play for the international team as well. I mean, I think it was said somewhere that only Gibraltar have more non uh, natural born yeah. players than Ireland uh, in their uh, in their squad pool. But that doesn't mean that these players are any less Irish as well. Too. Well, I'm not because saying like, that they're any at, less look Irish. Look at Johnny Walters. You know. Oh no, I'm not saying that they're not Irish and that they don't love the country and they yeah. don't love playing for it. But the fact that you know they're getting in ahead of any other players well in, in fairness to those individuals um, that problem used to be a lot more prevalent like when we qualified yeah. for Italian 90 the joke is that we were England's B team and, and in fairness we essentially were think of the amount of players Including that have manager. come through <laughs> <laughs> the manager yeah uh, the amount of players that came through to that side in USA 94 that um, weren't um, born, born Ireland, on the yeah. island you know what I mean that, that aspect is actually improving yeah. in recent times where you could take a look at our, um, you know, well, well, we'll, we'll go through it. So, um, of our starting eleven yesterday, there was Christie, there was Clark, there was Arthur. Um, Darren Randolph isn't born. No, he, he's from Brighton. Well, I'm not even saying born. born. I mean, born and bred. Like, I mean, like yeah. So there was there was only there was only three. There was only three. I was thinking about Bray. Um, uh, Christie's English, Clark's English. Then Duffy was uh, um, Derry. Ward's Dublin. Yeah. Brady's Dublin, McLean is Derry, Arthur is London, I think. So that's that's a third mm. one. Uh, Myler's Cork. Um, who's up front? Murphy's Murphy Cork. is. Yeah. Well, he's he's a, he's a he's, monster, Irish, he's a monster he's, man anyway. He's Irish. <laughs> he's Irish. And um, who was out of centre midfield? Hendrick. He he's a dub. So like in yeah. uh, in the old days, that could have been like eight out of eleven, and now it's three. So I think actually that aspect of it is improving. And hey, if that's we true. can attract good players um, who are English born if we can even attract English born Irishmen over to this country to even play in, in our league yeah. you know you know, yeah, it, 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 can, it can get to a point where it, it, it's all about simply matching the level of talent with the level of investments that's it's it, it's it's not a difficult equation mm. by any stretch of the imagination and it's not as if we're pulling figures off the top of our head either because we know that there's money there available and we know that there is potential there available and it's just about legitimising that in the faces of the public and perhaps our own association as well our domestic even let's not say domestic league domestic farming system if you want to call Mm. it that in in many ways I was glad that this might this might sound terrible but I was in many ways I was glad that we didn't get the uh, the Rugby World Cup in 2023 that might sound terrible but it was terrible for rugby and terrible for Irish board bar football because I think you know rugby comes over here in 2023 and and, you know uh, yeah definitely takes the emphasis off and rugby is thriving right now in Ireland yeah exactly I mean we're one of the best rugby union teams in the world and 
I don't mind competition from rugby as long as the kids are in football when they get to 15 or 16 are given the right support to develop into the fullest potential players they can be no. I don't want to have to poach players from other sports I don't want somebody to pick football as a second destination if they're not good enough to make it somewhere else if there are players playing football I want them to like playing football and I want them to just develop it and like I worked as a youth coach and that's that's the only thing I ever wanted from day one was to make sure that my players learned something when they went home you know mm. and there are you know I just want everyone that's here to develop into the best that they can be but first it's got to be, be about legitimising our own system in the eyes of everybody it's just everybody you know mm. And on that note, lads, that's unfortunately all we've got time for. I'm sure we could go for hours and hours. I'm out of breath. But, um, Many yeah. hours. Cheers for, cheers to Luke and Alex for coming on. And um, can, I, okay, can, I, can I just end on one point, though, I suppose? We always like, we, we ended on the score predictions last time. So if I was to end on a prediction in 10 months' time, will Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane be our management team? I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say yeah, but I don't want it to be the case. I'm going to say a hopefully pessimistic no. <laughs> yeah, essentially, so yeah, because I, 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 think, I think Delaney will stick by O'Neill and Keane. But, um, I don't feel as though it's the right decision, but... Well, what's your opinion? Um, for me, no. I don't think they will be. Okay. And I, think th- I don't think they will be, simply for the fact that fans, are, are, are fans know now what yeah, they're going to get with Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane. And his looks, as I said earlier, ran out it's time for a change and I, t- I think I'm starting to think the majority are airing on that side of things so I think short term yes he might be but I don't think he could, it, if, mm. if, if if when the next qualifying campaign starts just to quickly say this I think he could be definitely but by the end of it I don't think there's a the chance in hell that Martin O'Neill will be the Iron Manager and second call if he's not who is give, just give me a name Chris Hewn Stephen Kenny Kenny yeah and on that note that concludes the saddest action replay extra time podcast you will hear for a long time because <laughs> next next week violent. we're sure to return with a bit of rugby talk in what has been a good period for Irish rugby um, maybe a bit of Katie Taylor and some Premier League and whatever else pops up in the news I'm Gavin Quinn bye for now